Welcome to the International Association of Business Communications EMEA Region podcast. This is Monique Zitnick. Today we have two great speakers from our region with us, Trudy Lewis and Howard Kreis. Trudy will be speaking at the upcoming IABC Converge 21 conference on the 21st of April about what type of leadership we need and how we can support them. She is a communications consultant and executive coach through her company Kalinia. She has worked across a number of leading organisations in the retail, hospitality, rail and construction industries delivering the right level of communication aligned to the business and its priorities. And Howard will be presenting at the IABC World Conference at the end of June on organisational listening. He has over 20 years of experience in employee engagement and change communication working for organisations such as GSK, NatWest and Johnson Mathy. Our podcast a few months ago with Naomi Jones and Michael Nord focused on our leadership skills and we've delved also into culture, personal branding and a range of topics since This podcast brings it all together, focusing on supporting our leaders and their role in organisational culture. Welcome, Trudy. Welcome, Howard. Thank you. Thank you. And Trudy, what help and support do our organisational leaders need right now from communications people? Gosh, they need to have trusted advisors alongside them, people who not only kind of come along and tell them how to do comms and so on, but people who actually understand how the business runs. And that sometimes is hard for a communicator because they focus so much on the, you know, the actual communications element. But a lot of business, a lot of kind of leaders really need that support from from people like communicators who are going to give them, uh, give them more than just kind of, here's how you communicate, but also share things like, well, I understand that, you know, retention is a problem for you. Here's how communication can fix it. And a lot of the times we, we th- that bit's missing. You know, we don't tend to connect the dots for them. So they tend to look at communications in a very small way, you know, like a po- and that's where we get treated like a post box many times. It's like, just send this out, send this out. But the, in a sense, the strategic element of it is about kind of bringing it back to how can we help the organization truly thrive? and achieve all of its goals. So Trudy, in terms of supporting our leaders, have you seen a lot of change in the past year with COVID and the way that authentic leadership has sort of come to the forefront of communications? Uh, Yeah, I think we've had some good and bad. You know, we've had some really good examples of, of leaders stepping up. I think one of the big challenges for them is how we've had to change everything to not in person, which has put a strain, I think, on how many have their leadership style. So many are more used to, you know, doing things face to face, kind of doorstepping that people actually being in the business and being able to talk to people, um, having to, to kind of assert that authority behind a, behind a Zoom call sometimes hasn't been the most easy thing for some. Where I think it's really important for communicators, it's to help them through all of that so that you you maintain a level of engagement um, in, in every aspect of how they're communicating. And it, and again, some of that has to do with finding some creativity around how, how best you can do it, but also kind of getting in touch with the actual leader as to how, how best they can come across and still be genuine, you know, so it's not kind of trying to make them something else, but 
to use what they have and really help them to, to, to make the best of what they have. So playing to their strengths. Yeah. And Howard, I know that you've done some work with leadership and also culture and organisational listening. What's your perspective on this? So I think I think that I agree with Trudy, of course, that um, there's a great opportunity for communicators to play the trusted advisor role. But I think that uh, in many companies, it, it it's quite difficult. First of all, I think that there's the tri- the trusted advisor position, if you like, they're they're already well-established trusted advisors for leaders. For example, for a CEO, you know, they've got a finance director, they'll have an HR leader, they'll have IT leaders, for example, who typically will have big functions behind them and um, probably have more senior level, senior management experience than, than most communicators. So it's a big ask for communicators to step into to that role. They do have a phenomenal opportunity to do that but it is a it's a big thing, and many communicators are fairly junior uh, in comparison with a lot of the the people that they work with and the leaders that they advise. So I think it's it's not easy to um, to step into that trusted advisor role. And Trudy is absolutely right. You know, you need to have that 360 degree view of the business. You have to understand what the key challenges of the business are, and how communications not not necessarily can fix things, but certainly can work with the other functions and, and the other sort of p- key people in the business to, to help fix things. And, and, and most of all, I think, how communications can support leaders generally and, and managers, because I, I increasingly feel, you know, in the role I do day to day, there's less and less that I can achieve myself from the centre. I need to have people locally, whether that's local line managers, local leaders or, or change champions, if you like, you know, people who are in locations working with people, they're the people who make things happen. So you can sit in your, you know, so-called, well, we used to say ivory tower, but now it's our front room or, or wherever it is. And and I think it's very difficult for us to actually, you know, particularly if you're working in some form of global role or, or multi-site role, to, to make change happen directly as, as that sort of central communicator. So, so there's a big thing around building a network, understanding you know, how leaders lead, how managers manage, um, how change happens and how comms can support and make those processes more more successful. Uh, I think for me, that's that's how we really see change happen uh, from a comms perspective is, is really understanding how things happen you know, locally and, and how we can add value to those and support them. And a lot of people are saying now that the immediate crisis, so to speak, is over with COVID, like the initial shock, that the focus is moving from the senior leaders more to the line leaders and the managerial roles. What kind of skills do they need to be equipped with? As you said, Howard, there are some challenges there with people still being located remotely. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, first of all, what a lot of organisations either have or have been through, because some some have been there many years ago, is recognising what makes a good people manager isn't just somebody who's very good at their job. So I think every organisation has gone through that pain of, of promoting and having career paths for very technically able people. And I go back, I think you said in my introduction, you know, 25 years ago working in a bank. And I remember even then, you know, someone saying to me, I want to be a lending manager in the days when they could lend money, not a people manager. And I think that you see that in, in companies, you know, science companies, in 
in education, in, in all sorts of fields where people want to do the, the thing that they're good at. And actually managing people doesn't come naturally to them and it's not something that they necessarily want. But there are some brilliant people managers. And so I think we've got to find people who have that aptitude, who are open to learn, uh, who want to be great people managers. And I think that we've really got to invest in them, uh, invest in them in the sort of world of change, of, of comms, uh, of doing all the things around career progression and development. You know, because I think individual employees, you know, you're, you're the first port of call that you have is your line manager, almost always. And your line manager has the power to, to in essence, turn you on or turn you off, if you like. And, and certainly, you know, when it comes to things like your career and, and your uh, professional development, if you're not getting the support from your from your line manager, which doesn't mean giving you all the answers, but means asking the right questions, having the right conversations, discussing challenging situations in the right way, having frequent conversations with you about how things are going, you know, making giving you all the tools that you need to be successful. If that's not happening, then I think it's very difficult for other people to proxy for that. So leaders or or others. So I think it's really important that we try and have the right people managers in place and we support the people who, who want to be and who are good people managers. Comms can play a really important role in helping them to understand around listening, around responding to what they hear, around um, how to communicate, around that link between you know the things that the organisation is doing from the centre and how that gets contextualised locally. That's That's absolutely critical. And so on and so on. I think, you know, that 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 person has a real make or break role to play. And Trudy, as a consultant, you're still seeing a lot of the requests coming at the senior level or are they moving sort of more to support at the line manager level or that that kind of understanding hasn't emerged? What what are you seeing at the moment? I think I think I'd agree 100 percent with with Howard. You know, there's there's a real and and reluctantly in some organizations because line managers are always the group that get left out and and I think I've consistently gone into organizations and and you know nigh on begging them you know could we please do some work with your line managers because they are the connectors really to communicating with teams and you know recently or at least probably a year ago or so Jenny Field did a a piece of research around remotely interested in, interested and this was kind of looking at remote workers and who do they listen to most and one of the things that came out was that staff actually listen to their line managers and trust what their line managers say more than anybody else so in terms of the the actual who has the most impact in terms of a channel it was really the line manager and so what you find i think i was talking to somebody recently and they said actually i know you i know you want to talk to the line managers for them to be part of this but culturally we're not going to do it like that that's not how it's going to work here so from a senior level i think some of there's some of their thinking is that this isn't possible <laughs> it's difficult so maybe the effort isn't so much made to kind of engage them however it's it's very real that actually these people are integral to communicating downwards, especially when it comes to change. So in terms of line managers, what kind of support should communicators be looking at to give them? I think it's important that communicators re- realise that they do play an integral part in that whole thing, in that 
line managers need context, but content, but they also need context. And a lot of the times that's missed when it comes to senior leadership kind of involving and engaging them in some of the bigger things that are happening. Um, I know for communicators, sometimes it's challenging for us to find out exactly what's, what the detail is with the strategy, but there is sometimes a, a disconnect between what, what the line manager knows or hears and what's actually happening at the top. So when it comes to bringing a communications thing, they they feel as if to say they, they don't have a clue what, what to say. So if they understood what the context was, which sometimes we can play a role in explaining what that is, also explaining the narrative and the and the messaging around it, but also how to communicate with their teams because sometimes there is a challenge with them in terms of not feeling confident to stand up in front of their teams and to say, you know, how do I talk to them or to listen to people. So a lot of them are kind of feedback averse. They don't really want to get feedback. They're, they're cons- I've had managers who, you know, they're concerned about even being asked questions. You know, they they worry about that forum of saying, let's do a Q&A. I mean, totally will freak them out. But I think where we where we support is coming alongside every single time and just saying, you know, yes, you might not like Q&As, but here's how you can handle it. The The thing that communicators have is we're trained and gifted so that we we can give them the type of advice they need to, to deal with those different scenarios. But I think context is, is probably one of the most important things for them to understand. So Howard, you're talking about organisational listening as a part of the IABC conference coming up, the World Conference. How does that tie in with leadership, supporting leaders? Is it a skill that they need to be encouraged with? And is it something that can be also applied externally, so not only internal communications? Since we've started the listening work and... and um... Uh, funnily enough, I, I saw a thing which is three years today. We were in Copenhagen at the what was then the Eurocom event, and that's where the listening work really kicked off. So it's three years, almost the birthday today, uh, which is nice. Over that time, you know, we've done we, we're about to publish our third report. We've just done this uh, global survey, and all the way through, there's been a lot of communicators who I think have, have felt that the messages that we've been sharing around listening have really resonated. And I think now we see through LinkedIn or, or elsewhere more and more articles, more and more things being talked about in terms of the importance of listening. And, and so there's, there's lots of areas where, where listening comes in. And one of the things that our survey that we've, um, that we've just carried out re, really reinforces is the importance of listening through change, both leader listening and manager listening for that, for that matter. Because, you know, really understanding where people are, understanding you know, how they're feeling, their ideas, their questions, and really trying to listen to how they're feeling and going through change. Change can be, as we know, very difficult in, in any walk of life, but certainly when the organisations deliver change to people, you know, a lot of change doesn't ever deliver its full benefits because we forget to bring, or we don't tr- try hard enough to bring employees with us on, on that journey. So, Listening is, is a big part of that, you know, with change being, I think, almost a, an everyday occurrence now. The sort of uh, the, the research certainly reinforces that importance of listening. But, but it's not straightforward. It's something that, you know, as Trudy was just saying, there's, there's psychological safety issues, both from the, from the employee who might be, again, particularly in times of change, might be quite wary of putting their head above the parapet and saying something. And, and, and you know, a lot of people sometimes feel that 
someone somewhere is going to uh, you know capture something which might be held against them I've never seen that myself but it, you know that must happen but there is certainly a wariness of that and there's cultural issues that you see you know there's different countries where more hierarchical organizations more you know traditional if you like in terms of how they're set up uh, and some people will feel it's not their place to say things there's also psychological safety issues for the leader uh, just as Trudy was saying you know are you are you able to deal with the feedback? Are you able to listen and, and respond and respond, you know, in, in a sort of in a good supportive way? So there, there's there's lots of issues around it. But, you know, I guess the final thing that we I'd say now is is that listening is there is a bit of social what we called in our first report social justice around it. You know, the people it's just a normal daily human reaction is we feel valued if we're listened we feel you know angry and snubbed if we're ignored in our everyday interactions so why wouldn't we want to feel valued that the organization whether through managers or leaders is listening to us if we have something to say so there's a really important sort of social purpose i think to listening in terms of people feeling valued and uh, and and that then builds into things like trust engagement and all, all of those sort of things so yeah there's many other things around listening but they're three things that you know sort of I think seem relevant in this conversation and in terms of again it, you, you'd think it was an obvious thing but for managers listen it's not something that they've really been asked to do before and leaders so I think we can help them communicators can help them whether through the channels that we use or the, uh, the the personal skills we need to bring to bear, listening, you know, in all its many facets, not just the survey, can can play a really important role on a day-to-day basis. And what are some of the easiest ways that we can start encouraging our leaders, our line managers, our managers to to listen not only internally to staff and the organisation, but also externally, because internal is external now and vice versa a lot more especially since we're working from home or social social media such as LinkedIn is is influencing employees and external as well there's no sort of light switch that you can just flick and it happens I think for me it's it's just one of the skills or capabilities that we should be working with leaders you know just in the same way as as Trudy was talking about bringing context which you know I completely agree with, and but the listening part I would just say is is the same. So as we work with with managers and with leaders, you know I think and and based on the relationships that that we have, we should be really reinforcing the importance of listening. And and sometimes it can feel that some forms of listening activities might be nice to haves and not need to haves. And I think that we should be making the case that they're need to haves if you if you want to really deliver long-lasting change if you want your people to go with you 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 need to listen to them in whatever format you know we find that the the traditional survey whether that's the annual survey or whatever is still the the dominant way of listening and that's fine and there's many other ways and there's many opportunities with you know particularly on digital listening which is actually where many people feel most comfortable but the leaders are not necessarily present there so there's there's great opportunities to do more listening i think the external piece that you mentioned, Monique, is is really interesting. I think a lot of organisations need to look much more externally than internally. That can be difficult, I think, when you're going through a lot of change as, as, and transformation seems to be the case 
these days, but to sort of lift your eyes up and look externally, listen around, you know, how the market is, is, is changing, what your customers are saying, what society is saying, what, whatever it may be. And, and again, you know, whether that's the internal communicator or the external communicator or a combination or the marketeers, you know, again, I think the internal comms person can form the right relationships uh, and can bring some of those learnings and value to, to their people. And Trudy, what are your thoughts on the listening piece and what you've observed working with leaders as well? First of all, I, I love the work that Howard and and Kevin and Swan have, have been doing. It's just absolutely amazing. So do I. Can we just give a little <laughs> clap and round of applause? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, and it's been really helpful for, for what we do because, you know, it's always been an issue. How do we hear from employees? How do we connect with them? And this piece of work's come in. In terms of when it comes to leaders, I think there's a whole piece for communicators to kind of adapt to that same behavior of saying, do you know what, I'm not going to just go in and tell, or I'm not just going to go in and, you know, wait for a download of what needs to be done. I'm going to really listen to what this leader is going through, but then I'm going to to kind of color that with some questions. And one of the things I do is coach and we use questioning quite a lot to to get to the bottom of things. And not that everybody has to become a coach to do this, but it's just about having having that basic curiosity about, well, what is really going on for this leader? Howard mentioned something about understanding where line managers are and, you know, the different styles and who they are as individuals. And it's can't be done without building rapport and I think that's the very really important thing that communicators need to just get get on board with in their head you know I need to learn how to build rapport with this group of people even though maybe it might be daunting because they're leaders but they're people and to be honest the, the best way to support them with what we're doing is actually to get to know them a little bit and so taking the time to listen taking the time to ask questions makes a world of difference and do you have any tips because a lot of this sort of getting to know and learning is being done remotely now we're also working in a much more global environment where we've got dispersed workforces so your leader might be in a different country do you have any tips for a a communicator venturing out in a new role gosh (laughs) any 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 stories you'd like to share in these times I'm sure it's even more challenging I've heard of some people kind of actually finding social ways of reaching out to leaders you know when they know their habits so they pop out and have a coffee at the same time as them the type of thing we can't do that now but but certainly I think if I was starting a new role one of the things that I I do encourage is setting up kind of one-to-ones on a regular basis setting up time and saying look I know that you're busy and so on but I would really love to have some regular time with you even if it's just 15 minutes to have a little chat and that can certainly be maintained during this time and and again the more you kind of explain the importance of doing things like that is the more people and and you see the value coming out of it so I'm always about kind of consistent delivery so if they see some of the fruits of actually having those conversations with you suddenly it's like actually I want to talk to that person because I'd like to hear their opinion because at the end of the day with some of these conversations it's about perspective so yes they have the perspective of their finance director and the rest of them but to have a different perspective somebody who potentially is far more in touch with their people 
as the communicator, it, it just kind of sets things differently. So it's making the effort, even when it's a bit uncomfortable or even when it's challenging, like now when we, you know, it's hard to reach out to people. It's find a way, really, is what I'm trying to say. And Howard, is there anything that you'd like to to add? Yeah, I mean, I think when you come into a role, you always say always, you, you've often got a great opportunity then to start as you mean to go on. So in, in pre-COVID times, absolutely coffees with people. And typically when you join a new team and people are, are normally quite happy that they've got their communicator or their new communicator and they're looking forward to it. So you've got this great opportunity to to start to you know, get to get to know people and build those rapports and those relationships. And, you know, I completely agree with Trudy. That's everything. I think that your success or failure in your role will be almost immediate because of the relationship that you can build with your key stakeholders and then those around them. You can build good relationships. Again, as Trudy said, you have to still deliver. So get some runs on the board, you know, get get some things done really well and keep doing things really well and be obsessive about doing things really well. Because if you can enjoy someone's company and do something really well, then you can fly. You can see all sorts of opportunities will open up to you. There's almost, I think, you know, if you if you have a great relationship with a CEO based on delivery, based on trust, based on, you know, sort of shared vision of what you're trying to achieve, you can almost have a sort of by royal appointment tag that opens other doors for you and gets you involved in other work and gives you the opportunity to 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 do things or to be involved in things or to to give opinions on things that that you want to have opinions on but you might not otherwise get but it's always based on not just because you know you've, you've got a face that fits it's because you deliver I think you've got to deliver you've got to build relationships in tandem you can't do one without the other. For me, that's the key. Thank you so much for your thoughts, ideas, knowledge and wisdom. I can't wait for the Converge 21 and also the World Conference. I wish you the very best with your speaking opportunities and encourage people to reach out to you on LinkedIn if they have any questions. Thank you so much, Trudy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Howard. Pleasure. Thank you, Marie.